Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Listen and grow as Dell questions the status quo, encourages you to think differently, and empowers you to make a better life. Get ready as Dell challenges core beliefs, seeks the truth, and reveals the roadmap to the lifestyle you really want. And now your host, multi-millionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today with me on Tell Dell Tuesday is Rajiv and Tamara Kumar out of Austin, Texas. Currently, uh, they have done 3,000 57 units or so, and uh, that's broken down into 23 passive deals are involved in and three deals that they're the lead investors in. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi, Del. Thanks Del. for having us on. Yeah, thank you for having us on. Well, let's get started at the beginning here. You're both highly educated and uh, held down very high posts in corporate America. Let's talk about that, and let's talk about the feelings that even though you have that level of success, you're looking for more. Let's talk about how you started looking for an alternative to investing in just the stock market and so forth. Yeah, I'll, I'll start, and then Tamara can chime in. Um, you know, basically, I was working in high tech for 25-plus years, mostly semiconductor companies, lots of large, well-known companies that you'd know about software and system companies. I had fun during my job, but what I found is that as we, you know, got more, uh, got older, rather, and got further into my career, I was finance, spending just a lot of time at work, a lot of time at traveling, less time with the family, watching my kids grow up, um, less time to spend with my wife, and really that wore on me after a while. And so last few years of our corporate life, we've been talking about what are some ways to manage our life differently? And um, luckily, Tamara, you know, came across your show on the radio uh, and what Lifestyles is all about. And, you know, that really changed our mindset quite a bit. But going back to your question, it was really starting to become a grind of spending, you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week plus travel uh, just at the, at the corporate job. Tamara, how about you? What were you thinking about during that time? You know, um, my thought was just wanting, I knew there was something better um, with, we were just investing all of our money in the stock market, and I just, I felt like we didn't have enough control over it, and um, I wanted something more for our children, and so that's kind of how this all began. And, and it was hard, Dell, because everybody we hung around, whether it's people at work, you know, whether it's uh, our family, whether it's friends, everybody was doing the same thing we were doing. Mm -hmm. So we really had no nobody that we could look to that could show us a different way to handle, you know, handle our lives. Yeah, that's an interesting point you make. It really is true. I mean, the, the circle of influence that's around you uh, really controls what you think. So you have to really break out to try to come out of that. What what was the like the camel the straw that broke the camel's back that made you guys start looking? Did any was there any you know that ah uh, that the last straw? 
I think Rajiv got tired of hearing me complain for a year about our investments, our stock portfolio. I just wasn't happy with it, and he just finally said, okay, if you can find anything better, do it. And so I had been listening to your show um, for a year or two, was interested actually in single family. Um, and so I attended the uh, workshop, and then uh, I, I attended the two-day seminar. Rajiv was traveling at the time, uh, but I could see the value in it, and I actually uh, saw the value in multifamily even more so for us. And then a month later, Rajiv attended the seminar with me again, and we joined at that time. And in between, you know, when Tamara told me about her experience of the two-day, you know, I came back. I was very skeptical. I told her it was a scam. You know, it sounded too good to be true. But um, I attended the two-day because she wanted me to. And, man, after that two-day session, we took it with David Fisher, and uh, my mindset changed 180 after everything we learned during those two days, we actually signed up as preferred members, um, you know, that day on, at the end of Sunday. Yeah, I tell people all the time, guys, that it took me, you know, X number of years to learn how to teach this stuff to where people would actually believe me or get it. And in two days, you know, you're drinking like out of a fire hose of information. Now you got to go home and try to remember that, <laughs> let alone let alone teach it to your spouse, right? So, I'm sure that when you, she came home, Rajiv, it, it was just like insanity. She was, you know, blurting it all out to you. Uh, but when you came to see it, you made your own common sense out of it. So let's talk about that that two day you guys visited together. All right, I love to see. Uh, intelligent people learn something new because it just it's like hitting them in the head with a baseball bat like whoa right what was it in that two day that really just struck you so I'll go first you know for me um, I really was focused on the second day with apartments we we came in with uh, enough resources and uh, potential investment where we knew we could invest directly in apartments and so when we went through that Everything Dell was mind blowing to me. I mean, just the concept initially that somebody like us could think about buying an apartment. I had never thought about that before. I never really thought about who owned apartments. I never really thought about how many apartments are out there. It just never crossed my mind. So, you know, the first really aha that I had was, man, we could own an apartment ourselves, or at least a part of it if we wanted to invest passively. And as we went through the day, you know, the idea um, and really the, the, the numbers that David shared in terms of saying, okay, let's go through a couple examples. Let's see how the financials work. You know, let me explain how exactly um, you can buy something, pay all the vendors, pay all your day-to-day fees, uh, make your residents happy, you know, invest in your residents so they have a better place to live, and still be able to have money left over towards a good investment for both yourself and the passive investors that might be investing in that property as well. That whole going through the details of that is really what got me. And then, you know, the kicker at the end, which is learning how to do things like a cash out refi and the fact that you can still own the property but not have uh, funds invested in it, man, that was mind blowing. 
Yeah, that was my aha moment when I learned about that. And then also on top of that, learning how you can do all of this without making it a job. And, you know, that's really the trick, I think, to being able to scale the business and being able to mm -hmm. uh, provide more opportunities, not only for your staff, for your ability to grow your wealth, for vendors, uh, better places to live for residents. It's really a win-win for everybody, which mm -hmm. is what really makes it exciting for us. So, uh, Tamara, let me uh, just give you an opportunity here to play in on this. Uh, you told your husband you weren't happy with the stock market results. Uh, what happened when you came to the two-day and they showed you how to evaluate your return on net worth? Do you remember doing that? Yes, I do. And, um, boy, our number was really, really, really low. Um, in fact, gosh, I can't even. It was, it was like point zero zero something at least, yeah. maybe even lower than that. Yeah. So that was another um, thing that, you know, drove drove me to uh, get him involved in this. So, and Did it help you make your point that you were trying to make to him that this just wasn't very, we weren't very profitable to what we were doing? Right. You're right. With me here on Telldale Tuesday is Rashid and Tamara Kumar out of Boston, Texas, sporting over 3,000 units purchased since they started with three properties that they're the lead investor on and the other 23 are passive investments. Welcome back, guys. We said that we were going to talk about coming out of the two-day and going home and having that conversation. Were you in agreement on what you were going to do to get started? Did you have to work it out? How did this come about that you made your decision on your first purchase? We, we were on the same page, yeah. you know, coming out of the seminar. We both agreed, definitely. And I think the conversation we had after the seminar was, you know, let's get active from a passive perspective. Let's take all the education, first of all, because I think one of the things we really liked about Lifestyles is, you know, you, Dell have hours and hours and hours of, of training that's available to us as Lifestyle members and a huge amount of networking events. Um, we were really, really aggressive about participating in both. So we took all the training over the next few weeks. We attended as many networking events and uh, sponsored meetings as we could, and we still do today. Um, and that was really, I think, um, key to making us feel real comfortable about making passive investments. Mm -hmm. So we started doing passive investments almost right away. Yeah, I think our first passive deal was like two months after we joined. Yeah, and our plan was really just to initially invest passively. We thought maybe one day, you know, a few years down the line, we would consider doing a lead. We thought it's something that was within our, you know, potential to do. Um, but we really didn't have any near-term aspirations to be a lead at that time when we just joined. So um, I'm going to ask you questions. Take us away from that point there and come back to it so I can get that done effectively. The next question I want to ask you is this. It just came into my mind as I was listening to you. When you came to these live events, were you at all surprised how open people were with their personal finances, how much they would tell you about themselves and about their businesses and about, you know, how they did it? Oh, absolutely. You know, everybody would share a lot of information on any question we asked. It didn't matter whether it was, you know, private financial information or, uh, who they're using to do certain things or how they did a rehab or what materials they use. 
Um, they were all very supportive. And also giving us advice on, mm-hmm. you know, what we can do to be more successful, you know, in our real estate career. And it's so different, Del, from the corporate atmosphere where, you know, information is siloed and, you know, information is not shared readily, especially strategic and financial information. And it was such a, a welcome atmosphere when we first joined Lifestyles. And we rely on that today with what we're doing really heavily. Yeah, that's what I wanted to see if you if you picked up on. So we'll go back to where you were at there. You're talking about um, deciding to touch base with education and then passive to get your feet wet and to understand it. When you decided to do passive, did you have a plan or did you just say, we're going to take the first deal we find? In other words, well, I'll let you answer that and then I'll come back with further questions. Did you have a plan or not? I don't think we really I, yeah. did. <laughs> I, I, I think we thought we did. Yeah, we were just really eager to get in the deal. Yeah. And I think, you know, from talking to other people that have joined Lifestyles, I think that's maybe kind of common. But we were really eager just to get in a, a few deals. And, you know, especially early on, we just didn't probably think about it deep enough is probably what happened. And We didn't know as much. Yeah, didn't know as much. And I think we got into the first few deals and, after that, after we started really kind of understanding things, we realized that, okay, you know, you've got to look at both the lead investor and who the individual is, and then also look at some of the deal parameters. And I think as we've kind of evolved over the last uh, two, three, four years, you know, we've kind of leaned heavily towards um, selecting the lead investor that we're comfortable with. And, you know, I think we've heard you say on the radio before that a, a good investor, a good lead investor can make a bad deal good or a good deal better. And, you know, if you don't have the right individual in there, um, that's not the case. And so we've really tried to find people that not only we think are good lead investors, but people that we are compatible with, you know, just from a relationship standpoint. How about um, the question of going for a value play compared to a yield play? Did you guys have an opinion on that? We talked about that a lot. And, and I think the situation that we were in, and to a little extent maybe still in today, you know, both cash flow is important because at that time uh, Tamara um, had left her job or was about to, I should say she was about to leave her job. She hadn't left right when we joined. Um, I was certainly still working. And so we needed cash flow to come in on a regular basis so, you know, one and then eventually both of us could leave our positions at that time. But then at the same time, we also wanted to grow our overall net worth. And so when we looked at value plays, you know, those were exciting to us because, you know, that's typically where you can make larger chunks of money and grow your net worth quickly. But then, you know, also yield plays, which are higher cash flows typically, those are important because we needed to leave our jobs. So we were a little bit conflicted because we wanted to do both things at once. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. You can have anything you want in life, but not everything, unfortunately. <laughs> right. So uh, let's talk about then, if you wanted to, you wanted both, um, let's talk about the term diversification. How did you diversify your portfolio, or did you? We kind of did a little bit in a sense that we did, you know, try to find some uh, more value plays and invest in those, but we also um, – use some of our funds to invest in a little bit more yield plays. So we tried to do both. 
Um, honestly, most of the deals, when we kind of looked at it, they were kind of hybrids. They were a mix of the two. Of the two. So I think, you know, we're, we're generally very happy with the investments we've made because they have kind of managed to give us some cash flow and grow our net worth at the same time. So we were, we were pretty happy kind of overall. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a lot of other diversification of possibilities, like did you diversify between leads? We did. Um, you know, we uh, that's one thing that we considered and one thing that was important to us is uh, we didn't have all of our investments with just one or two leads. So we did definitely diversify across quite a few, several leads. Um, mm-hmm. We also diversified across geographies. Uh, more recently, initially, mm-hmm. we did all Texas. But now we've done investments in Phoenix and Indianapolis and uh, as well as Texas. So we've diversified that way as well. You know, that was going to be my next question, if you diversified uh, logistically. Let's ask also, how about diversifying between beginner leads and experience leads? How did you see that? Um, we, we've invested with both. Um, I think initially we probably didn't give that the right amount of thought. But over the last few years, what we've found is, um, you know, generally the, the newer leads we feel like are really aggressive. They want to do a great job, and, you know, uh, we think that there's a they're, good financial reward there. Yeah, they're wanting to um, sell their properties sooner as well. Right. <laughs> we got to take a break, guys. We'll be right back with Rajiv and Tamara Kumar in the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. to creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening. The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. The rich get richer and the poor get poorer, not because that's the way it's set up, but because of the knowledge. When put into action, knowledge is power at Lifestyles Unlimited. We empower you to live the lifestyle of your dreams through passive real estate income. For over 30 years, our successful members share their knowledge through case studies, classes, and mentoring. Tap into the knowledge. Attend a free workshop online. Register now at LifestylesUnlimitedWorkshop.com. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. Here on Tell Del Tuesday, we've got Rajiv and Tamara Kumar with us out of Austin, Texas. Uh, they did 23 passive deals and three lead deals. And as we come back here, guys, I told you I was going to start asking you about the lead deals. What made you decide after you had the passive deals going effectively that you wanted to do the lead deals? We had thought about it more and more as we did our passive investments. And the more we networked with the different people and other leads, you know, the more Tamara and I would go home at night saying, boy, you know, this is something we could do pretty easily, and this is probably something we could do that'd be much more fulfilling and uh, better for our family versus the corporate jobs we were in. And so I think we had that that discussion for a few months, and we finally said, you know, we just got to pull the trigger on it and go buy something. How about you, Tamara? Where were you at on that? Um, I was right there with them. Um, I felt like we were, it was something that we could do, and 
I was excited to learn the operations um, and, uh, you know, all the challenges that come along with it. And Rajiv and I pretty much have the same type of personality, and so we kind of feed off each other. And, um, you know, it's worked out really well for us. When we were when we were having these discussions, you know, I was driving an hour to work in the morning, you know, six six or six thirty a.m. hour coming back at night around six or seven p.m. and you know I'd be listening to you and you'd talk about the uh, you know life of quiet desperation and I felt like that was that was me to a T at that time. Well, <laughs> I'm just sitting here. I was absorbed in my own thought. I'm sorry. That's funny because and I've got to ask you this question. I I I risk making complete fool out of myself. But I'm assuming from your last name that you're Indian, right? Yeah, uh, Indian heritage. I was uh, born and raised in Laramie, Wyoming, so lived here all my life. But uh, certainly my my parents immigrated from India uh, back in the 60s. You just saved me from making a fool myself, Rajiv, because I was going (laughs) to ask you, you guys got along so well together, you probably had an arranged marriage. <laughs> the American way of picking marriages just don't seem to work with 50 to 75% of them ending in divorce. So that's that was going to be my question. So I'm, you saved me from making a fool but out of my myself. Parents had one. Uh, my they, parents had an arranged marriage, but not us. <laughs> okay. Did they try to get you to do it? Yeah, there was, you know, yeah. a, a little bit, yes. Little discussion, but I think they've been here. They've been here in the U.S. long enough and understood the culture long enough to where they didn't press it. But initially, there was interest to go down that path a little bit. Yeah, a little personal, but still, I, to me, it's always been interesting to me that the arranged marriages have a better percentage of staying together. That's why it's just I'm laughing my head off. You know, I'm thinking, you know, somebody could have found a good one for me. I'd been a lot better. You know, after a couple of mistakes. <laughs> So as we go down the line here, um, you guys working together and decide to go out there and do these leads. Let's talk about how did you prep and what was your, your first steps of getting ready to do this thing as a lead? I mean, you had to go out and do what to be prepared? The, the first thing we did, because, you know, every time we do something new, we we are the type of personalities that like to be prepared. So we um, really retook a lot of the lead education that's available through Lifestyles and we listened to a bunch of those videos multiple times to make sure we understood that. Um, we really paid a lot more attention to the passive deals that we were in and made sure we understood everything we can, understanding financials, asking questions of those leads that were, you know, we were invested with. Um, we doubled down on the, the networking and, you know, would really work closely with our mentor as well to make sure, you know, we were – uh, getting a lot of good advice and, and following that advice. Mm-hmm. And so those were really the steps. And then beyond that, it was, you know, starting to work with the uh, lifestyle real estate agents and other brokers to start to review uh, different offerings. And uh, we really tried to look at as many properties and as va- evaluate as many properties as possible to really get that experience and understand, you know, what made a property a good fit for us and what didn't. And, and I'll um, add, I think our first, our, the first property that we, um, we actually stepped away from it. And looking back, it was probably a mistake. We got a little nervous about it. Uh, but soon after we did 
end up getting one in San Antonio. And it took us, what, probably about eight months, eight months, maybe to a year to get our first uh, acquisition. You know, like Tamara said, we were a little bit apprehensive, probably not bold enough at that time. Very conservative. Did you guys have uh, people willing to invest with you arranged before you had found the deal or not? We did. That's another huge advantage, you know, from our perspective of being part of the Lifestyles family, which is it, 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 uh, Lifestyles just makes it so easy with what you set up to network and get introduced to other passive investors that are wanting just to be passive in different syndications. And so we would go to these networking events, really be able to meet and introduce ourselves to other folks and uh, build our list of potential investors. So by the time we actually got around to, um, you know, doing a syndication ourselves and becoming a lead investor, we already had a pretty large list of potential investors we could go to and say, hey, this is the, the offering that we're coming out with. Are you interested to invest in it? Did you guys ever go to the expo and uh, network there? Absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah. we've been to all of them, actually. Did it blow your mind how many okay. investors there were in that little investor link-up room You know, where the leads met the passes? Yeah, I'd, I'd guess two or 3,000. It, it, uh, there's so many people in there. It's a huge ballroom for those that maybe haven't attended, but a huge ballroom in the convention center, and it is absolutely jam-packed. It's almost at times hard to move. There's so many people in there. Yeah, typically there's we cut off the number of leads that get a table at 250 every year. And uh, then there's thousands, like you said, 3,000 is probably a good guess at just about how many people are in there every time. So you guys decided to go out and do the deal. Let's talk about the first deal. What were you looking for? What made the first deal um, appealing to you? On, on this particular one, um, we were looking for something that, you know, was um, – I don't know, maybe a little bit of a lighter load on us, just being brand new. We didn't want to be stuck with doing a huge amount of rehab. So we did find a property that the previous owner had put um, a lot of effort into the interior rehab. There were still some things that had to be done on the inside, but I would say the majority of the interior had been rehabbed, and we thought that was really appealing because what that allowed us to do is focus on the exterior. Um, so we did things on that first property, like we replaced all the roofs. We did a huge amount of landscaping upgrades. We did uh, replace all the staircases. We repainted and fixed up all the siding, wood siding on the exteriors, on the patios. Um, you know, did a lot of plumbing stuff on the exterior. So it really enabled us to kind of focus a little bit more on the exterior. Uh, as opposed to doing both full interior rehab and exterior. And we thought, you know, that would be better for us as brand-new lead investors. So let's paint the picture here for a second. You grab this thing. It's it's not a heavy lift. It's a, it's a good size for a beginner, some things that are very easily uh, obtained. You've been out. You've been on road trips. You've seen what other people have done, so you were able to just copy uh, or duplicate the same results they had. Um, did you get any rent gains in the first year? Now, I'm, I'm backing this up to 2019 to 2020 because we all know January, February 2020, COVID hit, 
And that's a completely different animal. And then since then, you've bought two more properties, but both after COVID. So I'm trying to back this up against COVID. What did you get done before COVID happened? Um, um, From a a rehab perspective, we got most of our rehab done before COVID. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd say the only thing that we didn't do during COVID is a lot of the interior work that had to be done that was remaining. We did those as residents would move out and new residents would move in. So during those unit turns is when we would focus on the interiors. And that continued all through COVID. So we were very active doing that. Um, you know, in terms of your other question with the rental rates, uh, one of the things that was also appealing to us here was that prior to us taking over, uh, the utilities were paid for by the property. And one of the things we implemented is we implemented a program where the utility billing was then passed on to the residents. With me here today on Tell Dell Tuesday is Rajiv and Tamara Kumar out of Austin. And they were explaining that their first deal was just about complete about the time that uh, the greatest disaster of our lifetime, uh, which was uh, the COVID-19 disaster where they shut everything down, the world ended and everybody went broke and so on and so forth, occurred. Yet I see that immediately after the the 2019, you know, disaster is over, you bought two more apartment complexes like bingo, bango. So tell us, what happened during COVID? Did you get hurt, not hurt? What allowed you to come out right out of the blocks after it and be so excited about taking on more projects? Yeah, so, you know, we were apprehensive as COVID hit, as was everybody. But I think one of the things that really helped us is, boy, there was so much activity within Lifestyles from other lead investors, you know, yourself, Lynn, and and other folks involved in Lifestyles that was communicating information and how to go about, you know, getting resident help through assistance programs from the government, how to handle situations, how to handle rent situations, and best-known methods were shared across different lead investors, and that was instrumental to us. So we really had confidence on, you know, how to handle activities, just day-to-day activities when COVID hit. And we were really fortunate to, um, we we really didn't have any problems at all. Now, we did have residents that needed assistance, you know, and uh, because we we had this support system in place, Within Lifestyles, we knew exactly what we needed to do and, you know, how to go about working with the city government, state government, to get federal assistance program funds over to our residents. And we spent a lot of time with our residents that needed help that maybe lost their jobs or were out of a job. And, you know, we helped them get assistance and um, they were able to pay their rent. So at the end of the day, you know, we we didn't really have, as Tamara said, a big problem financially through the COVID time. Great. That's great news. Let's ask this question. Okay, 2019 is when you bought this first property. You've got two more you purchased right after COVID, 2022. So we really don't have the great result numbers to talk about on those. So let's go back to the 19 one. From 2019 till now, which is 1920, 21, 22, three three years it looks like of this, you have done what? What is the value done on this thing in two or two and a half, three years, whatever this has been uh, so far? The, the value of the apartments has gone up very significantly. 
Um, and, you know, we've been able to, uh, through the last three years, through normal rent increases, you know, we've been able to increase rents, which has an impact to the overall value of the apartment. Um, we've also done quite a few upgrades, as we've talked about, to the apartment, which has made it more appealing to, you know, a class of folks that um, are looking for that. And so that's enabled us to raise rents as well. And so that's had a, a pretty major impact, along with just the natural increases in prices that have occurred over the last three years. It's a greater community. Yeah. So what would you say the value has done on it? In other words, you bought it at what a door? What do you think it's worth now a door, uh, et cetera, et cetera? Purchased around uh, 100 a door, and we think the value now is uh, around 140 a door. Okay, so you made about $40,000 a door, and looking back, this was how many units? 37 units? 37, yes. All right, so I'm going to get out the trusty telephone, which is useful for everything but phones anymore. Let's see. (laughs) That was 37 times 40, and that's $1,480,000. So you made about a million and a half in gained value so far. You still have the property, right? That is correct, yes. You're still putting out returns. What kind of returns are you putting out for your your partners now? What kind of cash flow returns? And low double-digit returns on an annual basis. Low double digits, okay, good. And then uh, let's talk about uh, what did you put into this deal to buy it originally? How much invested capital total did you guys put into it? Uh, We had about $1,250,000 initially invested. Okay, so you've made over a hundred percent return in three years. That's about a thirty-three percent return, and if you're doing a you know a double-digit cash flow, that's bringing about forty-three. So it's you're, you're averaging just under fifty percent return a year for your investors and yourself. Actually, more for yourself being lead, but for your investors. So the question then is, um, how does that Tamara compare to that stock market stuff you were doing? Yeah, <laughs> a lot better, for sure. You can't even compare the two. And we haven't even touched on you know, tax benefits, which has yeah. been amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it has. Now that you guys are full-time investors, you get to you get to claim a real estate professional. You get to take all those deductions now. And since you're not working in corporate America, man, you should not be paying any taxes at all on your passive income, are you? This uh the taxes for this year will be our first year without any W-2 income. Okay. Well, since you only have earned income and all that's being covered by depreciation, <laughs> you're in yeah. for a surprise, guys. It's going to be great. <laughs> all right, so we've only yeah, got a second left here, and I want to ask you one more question. Uh, what, what's the plan for the Kumar family in the future here? Where are you going with this? you got only 30 seconds here. You know, we're looking to purchase more properties uh, over the next few years and build out our staff, scale the business, and be able to provide, you know, better opportunities for staff, vendors, as well as residents that are moving in. What about the lifestyle? How's that changed? <laughs> that lifestyle is definitely huge for us personally, and, boy, we're looking to spend more time with our kids, with our family, be able to do more traveling, do some of the things that we've been, you know, talking about for the last few years but haven't actually done. So that, that's that's huge. We do have a uh, property manager for the first time, so 
we're going to now start learning to work on our business instead of in it. Working on it, not in it. We'll have a great day. And remember this, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. We'll see you tomorrow. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.